welcome to Writer on the Road, where we explore the writing and publishing processes in all their glory. To learn more about the podcast, visit us online at www.writerontheroad.com. And remember, in all your writing endeavours, it's the journey that matters. And today I'd like to welcome the beautiful Renee Canolti. How are you, Renee? I'm good, thanks, Mel. How are you? Okay, everyone, this is a wonderful treat because uh, I'm going to be introducing Renee as a swing dancer, and I think this is so cool. She writes stories of dance, romance, and the military life. And I used to love the old musicals where Fred Astaire danced around the um, light pole, so I'm hoping you've got something like that in store for us today, Renee. <laughs> oh, I've got lots of things in store. Um but I don't think I've got the light pole in this next story, I'll tell you. Yeah. What we're going to do, everybody, today is we're going to do something a little bit different because what I want to talk to Renee about is uh, she's got a book on how we as authors can narrate our own audio books, and that's really exciting. And she's got a workbook and a course as well, uh, which you can find over at uh, www.haysaidrenee.blogspot.com. Uh, and we're going to talk through the process of narrating our own work, which I know a lot of us are interested in. But before we do that, I want Renee to read some of her flash fiction, and I forewarned her. I gave her about two minutes' notice. Uh, Renee, thank you very much for reading to us today and then talking us through <laughs> the process of narrating it. No worries. Um, the story I was going to read today is from my latest book, uh, which is called Swinging Through Life, which is a collection of um, 12 flash fiction stories. So flash, flash fiction is around the 500 word mark. All these stories are pretty much bang on 500 words. Um, but I've got another flash fiction collection that sort of varies a bit up to a thousand. Um, the story I'm going to read today is called Sing, Sing, Sing. I like titling my books and stories after swing dance songs. So that's a song pe some people might have heard. Um, and the main character in this story is called Nadine and she also features in my uh, first novel, Don't Mean a Thing, but she's not, she's not the main character in that one. Okay. Sing, sing, sing. Music poured through car, the car. Okay. And that's when you pause it, when you're actually narrating and then you go back and you start again. Music poured through the car stereo, big band swing and jump blues, Nadine's favorite playlist. Her brother teased her about her taste in music, but she didn't care. She preferred music from before she was born. Music from before her parents was born were even better. And that's where I would also pause it and go back and fix all my typos and spelling mistakes and things. But I'll just keep going. <laughs> music from before her parents were born was even better. She belted out the lyrics, tapping the jazz rhythm on the steering wheel. The only thing that put her in a better mood than singing was dancing but that was a little difficult in the car. She just needed to keep it together until she got there. Then she'd be fine. She'd never lose control in front of a crowd. That track ended and the next song began. The words caught in her throat. It had been Matt and Nadine's song, the song they'd first danced to, the song they'd first made love to, the song she needed, the last song she needed to hear, of this of all days. The day Matt was marrying that girl. She skipped to the next track in the shuffled playlist and dabbed at the corner of her eye, praying her mascara hadn't smeared. Nadine shouldn't be sad. She'd moved on months ago. Derek was wonderful and she was happy. She glanced at the, em at the empty seat beside her. She'd be happier if he'd been by her side. 
now I've lost where I'm up to. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Turn the page, it went funny. She'd called the hospital again before she left home, but he, she, she'd called the hospital again before she'd left home, but he still hadn't been cleared for discharge. Surely overnight observation would have been done by now. It was after 6pm. Nadine's stomach knotted. He'd hit his head quite hard when he'd come off his push bike. Why wouldn't he wear a bloody helmet? Just because it's not the law in Darwin doesn't mean it's not a good idea. Footpaths have hazards too. She almost swung her car around and drove to the hospital instead. But even if she did, there was nothing she could do to help. And people would notice if she wasn't at the wedding. Nadine pulled into the familiar car park at Nightcliff Jetty. She'd be back here again tomorrow for the Sunday afternoon dance class. Everyone said it was so sweet that they were getting married at the same place they'd met. She pulled the invitation from her handbag and double-checked the details. The ceremony wasn't due to start for 20 minutes. Nadine checked her makeup in the visor mirror, then stepped out of the car and locked it. She wandered over to the concrete dance floor where the swing dance classes were held and stared across the water to the jetty. Big white bows surrounded the posts all the way along. They should be having the ceremony here on the cracked concrete slab. This was where they'd really met, where she'd met Matt too. A warm, hum, a warm hand grasped hers. Am I too late? Nadine smiled at Derek. You made it. I snuck out. I didn't want you to have to arrive alone. This was where she finally understood real love. That's the end of that one. Right, that is absolutely beautiful and brought back a few memories too. Everyone, I used to live in um, Darwin, so I know Nightcliff. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, well, there's, they're doing swing dancing still every Sunday afternoon near the Nightcliff jetty on that cracked slab of concrete. So yeah. um, they're all real places. <laughs> yeah. Now, flash fiction is an interesting genre on its own, and it's something that we do in school a lot. It really yeah. forces you to make every word count. And in yes. the circumstances that you were writing them, um, I think you said it was the Australian Writers Centre Monthly Furious Fiction Competition. It's really yes. got you on a roll with, uh, with your writing of these things, hasn't it? Yeah, well, I'd had a little play around with flash fiction before. And so when I saw the Australian Writers' Centre was doing a furious fiction competition, I thought this would be um, good fun. It's good writing practice. You get to write a story and actually finish a story. <laughs> and that's like when you're writing a novel, that can take quite a while. So to be able to get that done in one or two sessions uh, was really fulfilling. And so I decided, well, I don't want to just have a bunch of flash fiction sitting on my computer. So what could I do to make something that would work with my brand. So I decided from the very first um, Furious Fiction competition that I would incorporate swing dancing somewhere in those first year worth of stories. And then by the end of the year, I'd have something I could publish. So that's what I did, which was quite a challenge some months with some of the prompts they came up with. <laughs> but I managed to twist everything around to, in some way to get a swing dancing reference in. Yeah, and it's, it's a writing habit, isn't it? You, mm. When everything else is happening in your life and, like, in the um, Air Force, you, you move mm. around a lot, as we spoke about before the podcast, yeah. being able to de develop a routine, something like this actually makes you to commit, uh, makes you mm. commit your stories, doesn't it? Yeah. It was just that, that once a month, even when I was having a rough time, if I would just make that time. It's like, okay, Friday night the email came in and I would read through the writing prompts and have a think about it and brainstorm some ideas and sometimes Saturday I'd sit down and I'd write out the first draft um, and then Sunday I'd take some time to go through and, and edit that and fine tune and and make every word count as you need to when you've got a 500 word limit you don't have words just to play with <laughs> you've yeah. got to make everything fit the story yeah and sometimes as a reader too 
we only want to read in snippets. So that little story that you told, it immediately created a picture for me. It took mm -hmm. me back to Darwin. I like the idea of swing dancing because it's just pure romance. Yeah. Uh, and, and people can flick through the stories and choose the ones that they want to dip into, can't they? Yeah. I also, um, when I'm marketing that one, I've mentioned, uh, if, you want to read a if you want a story you can finish before your cup of coffee goes cold. Um, grab this one like you can there's heaps of stories in there you can sit down you can read an entire story from start to finish while you have your cuppa you don't have to remember what happened for the next day um, and carry on you can just slot it in when you've got a moment and it's great for people who don't do a lot of reading uh, to start with something short and sweet yeah and don't make a mistake anybody you think these things are easy to write because they're not are they no <laughs> no uh, especially like a lot of people when they start with flash fiction they just it's more like a vignette they just write this is a little snippet of something, but nothing actually happens. Um, you've still got to sit down. You've still got to work out character motivations. You've got to have a goal for them. You've got to have something happen. They've got to want something in the story and they've either got to get the thing or not get the thing, but you've got to actually still have a plot. And um, to work all that into 500 words, you've, you've got a limit. You've got to introduce your character in 100 words or less and, and set the scene. And then you've got to have obstacles or have things happen. Um, yeah. Some some of my stories are stronger than others, but yeah, trying to fit them all in, it's it's a challenge. Yeah, but you've got two collections now. Look, I know when I uh, teach my writing workshops and I set the word limit because we're on a t on time restraints, uh, yeah. people can't do it. People yeah. get starting to write and they think the longer they write, the better they are. And I say, well, no, you actually have to pull it back. I want your beginning, middle and end. I want your conflict. I want all those kinds mm. of things. And then they start to get a bit cross because they want to just waffle on and, and keep writing. We'll say, well, no, we've, we've got our parameters here and this is where the skill starts to come in, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely challenging. Um, yeah. I'm lucky, though, that I tend to underwrite more than overwrite with my novels, so it's a little bit easier for me to keep it concise. I, don't, I waffle when I'm talking, but I, I don't waffle quite as much when I'm writing. <laughs> yeah, and I'll just mention everybody quickly, uh, Renee does have a novel out as well. There are two collections. One's called Wife, Mother, Woman as well. We've got our Swinging Through Life. Uh, but what I wanted to move on to today, and this is of interest to a lot of us, mm -hmm. is you narrate your own audio, don't you? Yeah. So I've done that so far for all my self-published titles. So the two flash fiction collections you mentioned there. I've also got a perma-free short story that I wrote for, uh, originally for the uh, Romance Writers of Australia, um, one of their uh, Little Gems competitions. Um, and it just missed out on getting into the anthology. So I thought, beauty, I'll just publish that. And I've done an audio version of that too. Um, and I've also done audio version of my How to Make an Audio Book book because I figured, well, I might as well have an audio of that too. So... Yeah. yeah. Now I've had some fun researching here uh, this morning, everybody, in preparation for our, my chat with you, Renee. Mm -hmm. And I found the the book on how to narrate. Then yeah. I found the workbook, which yeah. is really interesting because it was how you mark up the manuscript, and we're going to talk about that further, yeah. and, and a few different things that you don't think of. Um, uh, you know, documenting your technical recording, you know, all these things that you think, oh, you just sit down and you talk, but of course it's not mm. that easy. And then you've put out this whole course. Now I'm going to mention everybody, this course is $49. It would have to be the best value uh, simply because you're talking about your own experiences and you're talking about the problems you had. And there was, a yeah. there was a lovely expression there that made me laugh because it was all your stuff ups as well or something like that. <laughs> Which you heard some of just then. And as you can tell, that's what happens when you sit down to record. It doesn't come out perfectly. So there's lots of editing and lots of other behind the scenes stuff that goes into um, a finished product. 
yeah. Uh, when Sam does my podcast, she spends an awful lot of time taking out ums and half the time she just doesn't bother anymore. She says, mummy, all your words run into each other and it's hard to get rid of them. Yes. And I noticed when you were reading your short story, you'd stumble, you'd stop, and then you just repeat and keep going because you can edit all that out, can't you? Yes, yeah. Yeah. I'd um, often do, I'd, I'd often either leave a larger gap or I'd make a silly noise, um, which helps with the frustration when you've made the same mistake four times in a row. <laughs> you go, you, I'd make a silly noise, I'd blow a raspberry and they show up really well on the, on the um, audio files when you need to cut things out. Yeah. And just for people who, who don't know anything about the equipment, we'll talk about that in a minute. When mm -hmm. you look at the audio, it gives little uh, vertical lines up and down. And when you speak yes. normally, the vertical lines aren't up and down very much. But when there's pauses, it breaks. And when there's loud noises, it jumps really high. And Sam always gets me to give a clap so that when she goes in, she can go in and fix it. Do a clap or snap your fingers or something. It's like the, like a heart. If you haven't seen it, if you can imagine a heart rate monitor with the, the bits that go up and down when your heart beats, it's that kind of thing yeah. um, that you see on your screen. We're recording an audio podcast here, everyone, and we're both drawing our fingers up and down. What kind of crazy <laughs> women are we? Uh, all right, let's start at the beginning. Uh, equipment, okay? People won't narrate or people mm -hmm. won't podcast or people won't do any kind of audio because they're worried about equipment, but it's not that hard, is it? No. Um, I was a little bit worried about upfront costs and that sort of thing. So uh, budget was a consideration when I looked into it. So I spent quite a lot of time researching before I got started. Um, so all up so far, I've spent about $160 and that was on the microphone and that's all I've had to pay for. Uh, I decided that I needed a decent microphone. Um, but if you're just getting started, you can do a practice run and try it out just with the, the headphones that come with your phone. They've got a little mic built in and you can try it and see if you like doing it, if you can handle doing the process, if it's something you want to do, have a listen back. And if you do like it, then go out and invest in a decent microphone. Um, I wouldn't recommend using your phone uh, headphones to do the final, but it's a good way just to try out the process before you commit to uh, lots of hours and a microphone that you probably won't use for anything else unless you do podcasting. Yeah, and microphones are a very interesting topic of conversation. You can Google them and you will get all kinds of advice. I took my roadie mic off my camera and I've been yep. using that now for nearly three years. Yep. And they've now got specialist um, podcasting microphones, which they didn't have then. But yeah. they're very similar to my shotgun um, camera mic. Yeah. Yep. I've got a, a Rode NT-USB mic. Uh, that's the one I picked up. I picked it up at JB Hi-Fi. Uh, they had a few different microphones that would do the job. But um, this is one that I'd heard of before and... I hadn't actually planned to buy a microphone when I went in. I'd gone in because my laptop had died and I needed a new laptop, but I did a little bit of a wander around the store and ended up coming out with a laptop and a computer, like computer laptop and a microphone as well. Yeah, there's so many cool things out there, guys. And if you've listened to uh, me talk to Scott uh, about, uh, what is it, about Dragon Dictation, yes. you know you need a, a good microphone for everything else as well. And yeah. these are some of the things you can use it for. All right, first mm -hmm. of all, pros and cons of self-narrating. Now, in I think it was issue three of Author Success Stories mm -hmm. magazine, we had a beautiful lady called Tina Dietz, and she talks about how important it is to get in a professional narrator. And I know um, Sarah Williamson's 
Williams. Sarah Williams has just mm-hmm. um, got Nick from McLeod's Daughters, who yes. we're all in love with, to narrate her Brigadier book, which is really exciting. Yes. Uh, I had a little listen to the audition too, and I'm like, oh, I could listen to him all day. <laughs> yes, yes. We're, we're, allowed, we're romance writers. We're allowed to have our dreams. Yes. <laughs> uh, but there is a time and a place for us to narrate our own stories, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Joanna Penn's just mentioned that recently on her podcast as well. Uh, she's gone into narrating her own books. She's just released her own self-narrated flash fiction or oh, short stories as well. And um, she had a podcast recently with seven reasons why authors should narrate their own books. Um, so it is definitely a topic of interest at the moment. Uh, and a lot of her reasons were around branding and how a voice like even with you, Mel, I feel like I've known you for ages because I've been listening to your podcast. I hear your voice. I feel like I know you. I have, I have a connection um, before we've even met, which is a lot stronger than just reading somebody's books. Uh, when you hear their voice, you do connect with them more. Yeah, and I think that's really important. That's the number one reason, everybody, personal branding, I think. I'll reference uh, Joanna Penn at the bottom of the um our podcast chat today and also that Australian Writers' Centre uh, so that you can go in and have um, have a go at writing and narrating yourself, everyone. Mm. Um, but the reason I've gotten Renee on today because I know that you've done it and, and we can pick your brain uh, because people know, like and trust, don't they? Once they know, like and trust you, they're going to go in and get your stuff, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah talking, use, like narrating your own books does help to build that equipment yeah look i had a go with um fiona yeah macarthur everyone she's got a book out on um midwifery and she Mm -hmm. asked me to narrate that for her but the trouble is i don't have a nurturing voice i said you're you've got the voice that is that nurturing you know come on let's get this baby out voice i haven't got that i'm saying come on slap it out um so (laughs) it didn't quite work um but i don't think i was the right person for that Mm -hmm. so it's really interesting you've got to find the right person uh, and yes. yes, everybody, we can't all have Nick. Uh, but <laughs> when you were reading that flash fiction and that little story you just read, Swing, Swing, yeah. Swing, you took me straight to a time and a place that, that yeah. I was familiar with. And, and that's the secret of engaging your reader, isn't it? Yeah. And a lot of the time, um, your voice does match your story because you're writing your own voice. So for you to read your own story, can it'll just come across more naturally. You'll, you'll have your emphasis in the spots that you'd planned it. Um, and it can flow really well, can work really well. Uh, the only thing that can be a bit tricky is if you write characters with accents and you're not really strong with that, um, you're better off to not attempt an accent that you can't do properly because you're better off just to do a straight read and uh, read with some enthusiasm or read with the, the emotion and focus on ra- that rather than trying to give all your characters different sounding voices and do the go for the voice acting if you don't have that experience you don't need to do that for all the stories depends on what your story is you might decide it is better to hire a narrator for it Um, but if it's something that you want to do yourself if you've got that connection with the story if you uh, think that you can do justice to your characters um, then go for it you have a go yourself yeah. Now, this is not an easy job, everybody. Um, I don't know about you, but I've listened to Stephen Fry narrate mm. all the Harry Potter novels time and time and time again, yes. and he's really, really good. Oh, he's uh, amazing. Yes. And I can't do that. I don't do that with my stories. Um, but well, I'll, I will try to, to give different characters. If there's characters in the same scene, you can differentiate them just with little things, uh, with your tone. You could speak just a little bit higher. You could speak just a little bit slower. 
a bit softer, a bit deeper. There's lots of tiny little things you can do with your voice. Um, even your posture. If you stand up straighter, the air will come out a different way from your lungs. If you're slumping a little bit, it'll be a bit more compressed. It'll be tiny little things that can help distinguish your characters without needing to go into uh, over-the-top accents. Yeah. Look, I don't put my podcast on YouTube, everybody, because we discussed how boring it would be just watching <laughs> two ladies talk. But watching you, Renee, everyone, she's glowing and she's moving all around and she's actually being these things. This is one we should have put up on YouTube. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but never mind. Moving, moving right along. Uh, you don't have to be an actor. You don't have to be in a voice actor. I like that you said you could just read and slowly and clearly. And that takes a bit of practice. Uh, you talk about, we've talked about some of the equipment. We've talked about the microphone. The other thing that is really interesting, everybody, is your soundproof room. Now, yes. both Renee and I are sitting here and we've got blankets and curtains and all things stuffed around us just yep. to create a, a sort of a bit of an atmosphere, haven't we, to take away that echo? Yeah. And that's the thing is you don't have to have a professional recording studio, but you do need to do something. You can't have, you can't sit in the bathroom with the sound echoing off the walls. Uh, you'll get a terrible echo and that actually distances you from your listener. Uh, when people listen to audiobooks, the majority of the time they have headphones or earbuds in. So your voice is right there in their head. And so any echo or anything else you can hear, they hear it. Um, as opposed to if you're playing music out loud through speakers, you don't hear that quite as much. Uh, but audiobooks are very close. Um, so you want your voice to, to be close. You don't want your voice echoing off like you're on the other side of the room or you're in a big empty space. You want that, that close sound. Um, so you do need to, to do something to help soak up all the extra sound that bounces off the walls. Um, as you can see me waving around my hands and... <laughs> yes. Yeah. To the, the open wardrobe I have on one side of me with all my hanging clothes absorbing some sound. I've got a pile of pillows on the other sound side of me. Um, I've got quilts hung up behind me over things and blankets hung up in front of me over things. Um, and this is, my, this is my half recording studio. I don't have the roof on. <laughs> uh, sometimes when I'm doing the audio books, I, I would put another blanket over the top and I'd use pegs and peg all my blankets together to, to make a bit more of a surround. It didn't cost me anything. Although I am trying to hit hubby up to make me um, some recording panels that I can click together uh, for my birthday. <laughs> so I'm like, he's, he's a carpenter by trade, so he's pretty handy. I'm like, oh. I think this is what I want for my birthday. So well, you could, couldn't you? if I get that together, I'll put some pictures up on Facebook. You could just get all the dunas. You could string them between like uh, squares of plywood. Yep. And you could build screens. That is such a fantastic well, idea. I'm um, getting packing blankets from Bunnings and putting them up around in, in the middle of um, some timber frames. Yeah, that is such a cool idea. I just use my kitchen table and put the chairs up and hang, I hang dunas over that so that yeah. I'm surrounded by dunas. And the yeah. other thing is um, I've bought some new lighting, but we don't need that for audio narration. Uh, okay, you're narrating. Uh, narrating tips we've covered a bit. You've talked a little bit about your voice. Is there anything else? Because I notice you've got the workbook. Guys, you've got to buy the narration, how to narrate book. But the workbook is, I, I would say, an essential extra because mm. it's got um, assigning vocal characteristics, kicking track. Um, it's just a really, it's yeah, a really it's, good extra tool. All the extra little things you don't think about. And um, if you're going to record something that's going to take more than one session, um, then you need to keep track of what you've been doing. You need to remember where you've saved the files on your computer. You need to remember 
what microphone you've used and what sound settings you've put on the, the recording program. And if you've, if you've assigned different types of speaking to different characters, you need to remember what was what. <laughs> so the, the majority of that book is pages to write down stuff about each of the characters. Um, I originally just did it as a print copy because I thought, well, people would just want to buy the print book and write in the print book. And within a couple of weeks of that, I had a girl email me. She's like, when's the ebook coming out? Are you doing an ebook? And I'm like, well, I am now. So within a couple of, e a couple of hours, I emailed her back and said, here it is. It's up on Kobo already. It'll take a bit to get to Amazon. And she turned around and bought it straight away off Kobo. So yeah. I, I haven't done an audio version of that one because I'm like, I don't, I don't think I need an audio version, but it, I might. If people start asking for it, I'll do an audio one as well. Yeah. Um, with the ebook, I just gave links to download all the pages that I had um, multiple copies of and people can then fill them out on their own computer yeah which is what the younger generation do all the time now I was actually speaking to Sam and they don't take notes with pen and paper like we used to in the no. old days it's all on a computer uh, there is already free on your hey said Renee um, mm -hmm. uh, website there you can download your free character voices cheat sheet which will get yep. you started straight away. So I'll do that at the end of this yep. podcast as well. So, uh, yeah, that's like an abbreviated version of, like the, of a couple of the pages out of the Character Voices book, and I've expanded on all that in the Character Voices ebook. Um, but that's some good ideas to get you started. It was, it's a lot of those kinds of things, thinking about how to make your characters sound different um, and talking about emotions or the, the speed or the cadence or um, all those sorts of things. So if you can choose some, a couple of attributes for each character and you think about, well, that's the tall, proud character who's going to have, who's standing up straight and have a clearer voice like this compared to the quieter person or the shy person or you think of things like that. And when you think of that character, you can think of that emotion um, yeah. or that attribute and that can help you give them a different voice. Yeah. This is starting to sound like fun, everybody. We can be our own actors in our own studios. We do need sound rooms uh, because one of the things I recommend, you touched on it earlier, and I know um, when we're talking about voice acting, uh, mm -hmm. standing up uh, actually frees up your voice. So you've got to stand, and you quite often see people who record have hanging mics and they're standing there so yep. that they can act out their scenes. We have a yes. tendency to sit, don't we? Yeah, well, I've just invested in a mic stand so I can stand up. I was I tend to stand for my recording. I just had a pile of cardboard boxes on top of each other with my laptop on top of that <laughs> to get everything to the right height. And I'm like, no, I just need to get a mic stand. <laughs> so I've got a mic stand now um, so I can stand up. And it's the little things with your posture. Um, a breathing is quite important when you're narrating because you do need to make sure you keep enough breath to get your whole sentence out, especially if you've got... Um, descriptive sentences they can often be a little bit longer so you need to get enough air in to get the sentence out without um, breaking it up too much or in the wrong place so standing helps you get that breath down deep into your diaphragm and get the consistent sound out when you're speaking this is really cool everybody I'm going to I'm going to get a stand-up mic now I'm jealous uh, <laughs> But the interesting thing is you found all this out by trial and error. Yeah. Uh, for $49, you've got the whole course, uh, yep. which twice now while we've been talking, I've been trying to find it on your website. It's not listed under books and it's not um, under I think I've mentioned it somewhere. Oh, I haven't got a direct link to it. I haven't been promoting it too much lately. It's on the Narrated by the Author page. If you look for the book, there's, it does mention that there's an online course and there's a link to click on that page as well. Yeah, I did find it, everybody, and it is there. Um, and you're not promoting it. Why? Because it looked fantastic. 
I haven't had the time to jump into that one too much. I sort of put it out there and then got on with other things. Um, I am running an owl through the Romance Writers of Australia um, later in the year, in December, I think I'm booked in to do that on the same topic. So there'll be a bit more talk about that one. Um, but yeah, I might need to make a, a prominent tab on my website that says online course and make it a bit easier to find. <laughs> we think she should everybody because uh, when I had a look at the when I had a look at your course outline this morning, there was something like eight or ten hours worth of materials there mm -hmm. and it took you right through from setup through to the actual narration and this is the biggie that scares a lot of people. We're going to talk briefly now before I let Renee go about the editing and mastering sides of it. Yeah. Uh, well, the online course is a good way to look at that because I actually do some video and I do some screen capture and share all the steps that I go through so you can actually see it on the screen. So if you do prefer that visual prompt and something to actually look at and, and see what's happening, the online course is a great way to go through that. Um, but I do cover those topics in the audio book and the ebook and the print book as well. Um, the main thing is I use Audacity. Uh, that's the name of the program that I used to record and edit and master. So I do it all through that one program. Um, there's a couple of plugins that I, I use that you can download and install into the program. And then there's um, a, a second program that I've downloaded to check the audio files to make sure all the mastering and everything that I've done is at the correct standard that will be accepted by um, all the retailers that you want to distribute your audio book to. So I've listed all of those and how to use them in the book um, but audacity is the one to start with and that's free you can download that free online it's an open source software um, so it's constantly got little extra bits you can add to it and things like that there's quite a lot that it can do um, I don't know how to use all of it. I know how to use the bits that I need to do what I need to do. <laughs> yeah. Now, Audacity, you can get a professional level, uh, everyone, yep. if you need that as well. And yep. if, you're, if you're serious, whether it be about your podcasting or your narration, then mm -hmm. it's worthwhile getting that professional uh, yeah. package. It's, it's an upgrade. It's not that dear. No. Um, but it's what a lot of the musos and everything use, mm -hmm. and it's what's been recommended to me for the last few years. Yeah. Uh, and I... I thoroughly recommend it um, yep. as I sent Sam in to do all my tech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to start off with the free version of something and see if it works for me, see if I can understand it before I'm ready to pay out some money. So I'm assuming other people are possibly feeling the same way, especially with something big and new that they haven't tried before. So it's a great one to start with. And then, as you said, you can upgrade and add extra things to it as you figure out what you need and what yeah. will suit you. And we've also got the good old, good old garage band. Yeah, yep. Um, some people use that as well. I went with Audacity because I found um, the best online support for that when I was looking for how to use it and what to do. The um, other resources I read about narrating audiobooks and editing, uh, a lot of those were using Audacity. So that I started with that one because uh, I could find all the answers to the questions I had. But yeah, yeah. if you're more familiar with GarageBand, if there's any other audio um, software that you're already understand then use that yeah and you can see how it's, it's so simple and Renee you certainly make it sound simple but it is a little bit terrifying when you start to cut and edit and pull things together and things mm. disappear off your screen Sam's been trying to teach me to do this stuff for a long time <laughs> and we write out a list of instructions that's two pages long uh, <laughs> you've got to have the little cursor in the little gray space and you've got to do, yeah. do that and I'm just going oh, drag this from here to there and zoom it in so you can find the right spot my one tip is save the raw audio and call it raw audio and then when you open up to edit it then 
save as before you start editing and call it edit one and then save it as you go. Um, mm. Because if you make a big mistake and you chop out too much and you delete it, you can go back. You've still got the raw audio file to go back and take it out of. And that um, is, that is cool. Up. That's really good back advice. Yeah. Yep. Back everything so, up, uh, have another go, do, you yep. know, do practices uh, yep. because no one has to hear. The cool no. thing about this is no oh, one except has everyone to... who heard this podcast and all my muffled around bits at the start. <laughs> but that's Hi. all the stuff that you hide. If you go and um, download the audio book of Swinging Through Life, you'll hear the nice version of Sing, 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 <laughs> where I don't muff up every second word. <laughs> Actually, we might put that up at the end. I, I deliberately wanted you to read at the beginning and Renee wanted to send me the nice pretty version. I'm going, no, I think it's really important that you hear hear it yeah. in raw yeah. um, and then learn how to fix it because yep. you know um, I think they say it takes about six hours um, of recording to get one hour of finished narration or something like that yeah, I, I didn't quite take that long it depends on on what you're doing um, but as you could see I stuffed up a few times so the raw the audio the actual recording time I would probably say is maybe double I might spend two hours by the time I set the computer up and read the whole story out, I might take maybe two hours to get one hour of finished audio in the studio recording. But then I've got to sit down and do the editing. The editing is what takes the longest. It's going through and <sighs> taking out those deep breaths, all the pop sounds, all the mouth sounds when you go, sounds awful. You go through, you've got to go and take all those out. So you can see those after you've um, been doing it for a little while, you can see on the screen that little bip is probably going to be that sound and you can... Um, paste a little bit of clean silence <laughs> over those so that you still have the right um, pauses between words so your words aren't running in together to keep the pacing uh, working nicely. You can adjust the spaces between words if you need to, if you don't run all your words together like I do. <laughs> but between your sentences, you can make sure they break up nicely. Um, but that would probably take the longest is, is the editing, the cutting out the bits you've made mistakes in, um, the cutting out the bit where the dog was barking in the other room, um, and you had to re-record that bit. You might not have noticed at the time. So then you've got to make yourself a note to go back, re-record that sentence and paste it back in and then carry on with the editing because you need to do all your editing first before you do the mastering. All right. Mm. That word mastering. Yeah. Talk That's a scary word. It. We all yeah. know editing. That's what we do with our books. Uh, yep. So if you think of editing in the same way, it's where you change your, your words. You make sure you've got the right words in the right place. Um, your mastering is... Uh, more like formatting when you look at how to make your book look pretty and how to put it into the Mobi format so people can read it on their Kindle or how to put it in the EPUB format so people can read it on their Kobo. Um, that's sort of converting the words you've got into the format that people can hear them. So with the mastering, that's getting the sound levels right. It's making sure that the high sounds aren't too too high-pitched or too loud and that the the, the background noise is gone away. It's It's altering all those things in the sound file, um, which is a total foreign language to me. I had to go in there and, and learn that from scratch. <laughs> uh, so I, I try to explain that in layman's terms in the, in the book. Um, and basically you need to understand a little bit about what's going on. So uh, room noise is important. So that's, that's the background noise that uh, is going on when you're not saying anything. If you're sitting in a silent room and you're not making any noise, you want it to be quiet. That needs to be below negative 60 decibels or something like that, which is all foreign to me. But um, I understood it needs to be quiet. Uh, you can't be recording in a room with the fridge running in the corner. 
because just that that hum of the refrigerator is enough to make that underlying noise too loud. Um, so the quieter you can get your room to start with, then the less you've got to tinker around in the mastering stage. Um, there are things you can do to try to cut those noises out later, but it's much, much easier if you can start in a quiet room with the microphone at a good distance from your mouth, then it makes everything else so much easier. Um, but yeah, there's different filters that you run through using the software that will enhance things and dampen other things and make them all fit within the, the, the requirements. Yeah. Now I can tell you, I remember when I did the uh, two podcasts with Tina Dietz uh, and she's a professional voice actor and she does all this mm -hmm. kind of stuff for a living. And she said, people will send her recordings and expect her to fix them. Mm. Uh, but the distributors, which we'll talk about quickly, uh, will not accept them if they're not of that standard. And she yeah. said people are wasting their time unless they get these things right. And that's mm -hmm. that critical last step, isn't it? And, and so reading your book, doing mm -hmm. your course, if you can find it, because I can't find it this time, but it is there because I found <laughs> it this morning. It's there. It's there. Uh, Renee might go back and put another link on. Send me the link and I'll put it in the um, notes. That's probably... Yes, I'll send you the direct link to it. Yeah, mm -hmm. because being able to see it visually through your videos would be a really good thing, I think, especially people who haven't used um, Audacity before. Having a screenshot yeah. is a really good help. Yeah. Uh, distribution, uh, did you have any trouble getting it up on dis distributors or you took care of all that before you even put it up with them? Uh, I went with Findaway Voices um, because as I'm living in Australia, I don't have direct access to ACX who distribute to um, Amazon and Audible and iTunes. Um, so that's where everybody used to go. That's, that was the most popular place that people would go. People in America tend to go to, to ACX and upload everything through there. Um, but when you do that, you, you can choose to um, be exclusive to them and get a higher royalty. Um, but I, I didn't want to be exclusive. I like to be wired with all my books. I wanted to be wired with my audio. Um, I found Findaway Voices through draft to digital They started an affiliation with them and I, I, that's how I found them. Um, and they're fantastic. They send all my books to Audible um, and Amazon anyway. They now have a better deal with iTunes than Audible ever did, than ACX ever did. Um, and then they've got me out everywhere else. Um, yeah, got my books everywhere. You can find audio books. You'll find, you'll find some of mine. So Kobo, they're out there. They're through Overdrive. They're through um, Bibliotheca, which is actually uh, my biggest readership at the moment. Um, uh, they pay per borrow. So it's a library-based system um, all over the world. And every time somebody borrows your audio book, you, you you'd make less than you'd make on a full sale. But every time they borrow something through that, you'll get paid as opposed to... Um, other library systems where they pay a little bit more for one copy, but then hundreds of people could read it and you won't get paid any extra. So they're, they're little sales that trickle in. It might be 45 cents I earn for one borrow of um, Swinging Through Life, but a hundred people from that library could then borrow that book and I would get paid each time. Um, yeah. and so it's that's a little perks that you can't get through ACX. Yeah, and it's called Biblio Bibliotheca, I think. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I, I'm, I learned, how, I learned the word from reading, not from hearing it. So I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. <laughs> um, but that's, yeah, one of the, one of the places you can get to through Findaway Voices. Um, and I did find when I first sent my audio through to Findaway Voices, I thought I'd done everything right and I'd done all my checks and it all sounded good to me. And I sent it through to them and they sent me a note back and said, sorry, it's not up to scratch. Um, and they sent me a link to the, the second program that I now use that will check everything and, and my issues were often 
um, like this, the sound levels were generally fine, but there'd be an issue with the length of silence at the beginning or the end of the track because they, they've got a set amount that you've got to have between one second and half a second of silence at the beginning of the track. So if you happen to have the tiniest amount of noise in your little bit of silence, it'll say it's, it's wrong um, and they'll reject the file. So the, the second um, program I've got to check actually checks the silence at the beginning and the end, um, which I couldn't do within Audacity. I hadn't found a way to check that properly within Audacity. So I run it through a couple of different checks. And now I know once it's passed my check, that's the same thing that Findaway uses to check the files that they're in. So if it's passed at my end, it'll pass at their end. And I haven't had any trouble since I started doing that. Now I've got to tell you, Renee, you had me absolutely convinced that we could all do this. And then mm. the last 15 minutes, everybody, I've given up again. It sounds <laughs> really scary. Um, but the reality is it's not scary. Uh, and I think... Uh, yeah, it's yep. just taking the time to work through the steps. Um, it sounds all scary when I'm trying to explain it here, but if you have the if you have the book down in front of you, which I had to then go and open on my phone last when I recorded Swinging Through Life, I went, oh, how do I do this? Like I did the recording. I'm like, I can't remember how to do the editing and what was my process for the <laughs> for the um, doing the mastering? I couldn't remember. I had to sit there and get my own book back out and refer to it and work through the steps one at a time, and then it was fine. Um, so. I even need my own book to do, to do it. So if you get a book like that, if you get a list, a, a checklist or something to work through, take it one step at a time. Um, I would really suggest have a go at writing some flash fiction. Get yourself 500 words. Practice on that. Have a go at that. At the end of that, you'll have an MP3 file that you can give away to newsletter subscribers. Um, you don't have to sell it. You don't have to do anything with it. If you decide, no, this is not for me, you've still got something at the end that you can do something with. Um, so give it a go, give it a go. You don't have to commit to a novel. I haven't been game to take on a novel yet, but I'm planning, I'm thinking about, <laughs> thinking about having got the novel. I've actually, the audio rights are with my publisher at the moment, but, um, if they're not planning to do something soon, I might have a chat to them and say, well, maybe I'll take the audio rights back and let's do this thing. Yeah. Please, um, everybody, don't give away your rights. It's driving mm -hmm. me insane. So many of our authors are running into this problem. Listen to Joanna Penn. Do not give yeah. away your rights. It's my big, it's my big bug. Well, um, when I yeah. signed that deal to start with, it was before Findaway Voices was in existence. There was no way for me to get into audio, and I had no intentions of narrating it myself because I hate the sound of my own voice, like we all do. Um, so I thought. I would, I would sign the rights to somebody who might do something with it, but it, it just hasn't eventuated it yet. So I've decided, well, actually, everybody hates the sound of their own voice. There's nothing wrong with the sound of my voice. Um, I'll have a go. And I've put myself out there. And it's amazing how many comments I've got about how they people enjoy listening to me. They liked my voice. They liked the narration. Um, I got another review went up on Amazon in the last 24 hours since I stalked my Amazon reviews last <laughs> um, for Swinging Through Life with somebody who said they loved listening to my voice. They enjoyed the stories. Yeah, I was reading those reviews. That little boost this makes you go, oh, maybe I, maybe I don't sound like I think I do. <laughs> yeah, now I was reading those reviews this morning and, and they were. This might be one book, everybody, that we don't buy in ebook that we actually buy in print. Uh, now, it's, it's not very expensive. Uh, I recommend the workbook as well. I mm -hmm. thoroughly recommend the $49 course if you're starting out from the beginning. 
but the book may get like some of us who are a little bit more used with the techie stuff may may get by with the book. Yeah. Uh, Renee, thank you very very much for your generosity. There's so much here that we could talk about. I've got another list of things um, because you started to start writing fiction, a free eight week online course through Open University, uh, which is something as well. But we're totally totally out of time. Yeah. Um, Thank you uh, for narrated by the author. Um, it's something that I'm very interested in. I know a lot of us are interested in. And getting our books out there and going wide, um, draft to digital are absolutely wonderful. Find away voices. Okay. They'll, they'll do it for you. They'll record everything for you, but there is a cost involved. Uh, yeah. for, for those of us who are driving along in the car and just want to listen to some of these fantastic little stories um, swinging through life and why wouldn't we all? Uh, <laughs> Renee's sitting here, everybody. She's just glowing. She's vivacious. She's got the wonderful voice. She's got great storytelling voice. Um, why wouldn't we want to listen to the author tell her own stories then? Eh?